صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing? Nasha, I'm very, very well. How are you? I'm very thrilled. I'm looking forward to the Premier's press conference tomorrow where he's going to tell us that we're out of lockdown. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. Before we move on, I wanted to say that um, we've had a lot of response from Nico. Um, our guest last week, a lot of people were thrilled to hear everything he said. So many thanks to those listeners for reaching out. Yeah, and thanks again for Miko for, for coming onto the show. But excitingly, we've got a couple of locals, a couple of power women from South Australia. We're joined today, Robert, by Edie Bransbury, who is the chair of the Australian Friends of Palestine Association. She's a long-standing member, as well as Margaret Kassar, who is an executive member of AFOPA, but also chairs the committee, the Adelaide BDS Group, which is a subcommittee of AFOPA. Welcome, ladies. Welcome, ladies. Thank Hello, you, Robert. Hello. Hello, Nasser. Now, if I could ask Edie, me, you could probably kick us off and just tell us a little bit about AFOPA. Okay, uh, right. Um, look, AFOPA was established in, first established in 2004. That's the Australian Friends of Palestine. It was established in Adelaide uh, by a small group of people. We have, um, we set up, we have our constitution, I guess, Importantly for your audience, uh, we have in that constitution, we've got very specific objectives um, which tell us what we're about. Essentially, we do advocacy work um, for Palestine and its people. We also provide and support human um, humanitarian support to the Palestinian people on the ground. One of the examples is through medical missions that um, we fund twice a year. But of course, in this COVID year, we haven't been able to do that. Instead of doing that this year, what we did was raised over $18,000 for the um, Palestinian Children's Relief Fund. So they Fantastic. Could... Congratulations. Thanks. No, and it was just wonderful, the response to that. Within two months, we got that money. People really rose to the occasion, given that we couldn't really do anything more practical from this end. But... Um, the other thing, of course, that we do is we promote um, Palestinian heritage and culture through a number of events, Run for Palestine, which is, again, is normally a national um, event. But uh, we understand that it might only be South Australia doing it this year in November. Um, of course, we have the BDS campaign, which we strongly support through the work that Margaret does with her, her group of um, very committed BDSs. She'll talk about that later. They're into their fifth, 501st or 502nd um, protest. Yes, great. <laughs> That's how's wonderful. That, how's that for commitment? Um, yeah, absolutely, that is commitment. But as I say, essentially, we advocate for Palestine and its people. Um, we inform, we educate, and we really uh, try to raise awareness of the situation in Palestine through... Uh, inviting speakers, and particularly the Edward Said Memorial Lecture, which is our 
key annual event where we have, over the last 16 years or over the last 15 years, brought in international speakers. But in between time, we also have a program of Palestine talks where we get people who are either local, uh, they may or may not be Palestinians, who also have very good experience or knowledge or understanding of um, the situation in Palestine and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's a, it's a body and power of work there, Margaret. Congratulations to you and your team. You did mention the 500th anniversary of the BDS protests there in Rundle Mall. And I know, Margaret, you've been intimately involved in that. Tell us, A, how you came about it, B, your successes, and C, how you've managed to keep the crew going for, it must be, it's over 10 years now. Uh, yes, it's close on uh, 10 years. The first protest was um, on the 8th of October, 2010 and initially I just went along to take some video and to put up some YouTubes and I was really struck by the commitment of the people that were turning up every week and at that stage we were surrounded by police, surrounded by security, attacked verbally and physically by Christian Zionists and other Zionists, and yet we had these people who just wanted to keep coming. And that's when I took on uh, the role of organising every week uh, the meeting, um, our protests. And the inspiration comes, A, from the Palestinians and their suffering, and the fact that they have never given up and from uh, the people that I meet in Adelaide, and then also from the fact that we have so many people come up to us every week. And you may not believe this, Nessa and Robert, but I've had people want to kiss my feet. They are so excited that someone in Australia um, cares about Palestine. I take it you wash your feet now before you go out there each week? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spray the perfume. I, I was but, just going to say, or just ask, is it much different now after the 10 years? Is there a lot more positivity out there than there was at the start? And do you feel it getting greater? I do. Uh, we all do. Initially, um, I would say that about 80% of people thought we were terrorists. Um <laughs> We had people, I had people sneak up behind me and say things like, how does it feel to be a child killer, Margaret? Uh, we, were, we were treated very, very badly. And um, now... It's funny because that's what the IDF does. That, that's what, you know, they get told now. <laughs> well, so, they're believe, child killers. I, I believe that the, um, the Zionists and the trolls that come up to us in the mall have been trained by the IDF or Mossad, because they often tell the same story. And it's like it's come from central, a central group somewhere. They're all very practised in the talking points. Their Husbara book, you know, yes, gets published and exactly. sent around. So. Exactly. But now in the mall, I would say 90% of people will give us positive the thumbs up, they want to hug us. They want photos taken with the flag. We've had people come and say to us, we thought you were mad at first, but we've looked into it 
and we can see what you're talking about and you're right. And it's very interesting when we had, um, you probably know the chocolate, Israeli chocolate shop, Max Brenner. Mm -hmm. they, they arrived in Adelaide a couple of years ago and even on a Friday and Saturday evening, there was no one in their cafe. Their shop was empty. They closed after six months. And I believe that's because we've always had Max Brenner on our products to boycott sheets. Yeah. Fantastic. So Good for you. That's exciting. It is very exciting, yes. But that's not your only win, Margaret. You also had the Dead Sea skin products, hawkers. Secret uh, are a very interesting um, case because they changed their um, fit out twice to try and distance themselves from who they were. You know, they had different colours, different marketing style. Then they changed their name to Premier and then uh, Secret closed down, then Premier closed down and then they opened a shop called Origani. It was the same deal. It was the young Israelis uh, manning the stalls. What they've had to do so they're acceptable to people in Adelaide is register their company in Sydney as an Australian company. And what I think is, is terrific about that is Israel uses soft power around the world. In Adelaide, if you put Israeli in front of something, it's the opposite. People don't want to know about it. That's the way it should be. And we should just say that those, the people that man the secret, the Dead Sea products, Oregon, and all the other fake names they use to disguise the fact that it's um, stolen products from Palestine, is they use these ex-Israeli soldiers on their gap year. Yes. So these kids, I mean, they're kids have just finished serving in the territories, you know, many of them will have uh, had cruisy, uh, a cruisy time, but many of them will have actually stormed a house in the middle of the night, dragged a 10-year-old away from their parents, you know, beaten them, shot perhaps uh, garzans at the fence. Uh, many of them will have blood on their hands. And the reality is that aside from the theft of the product, aside from the moral repugnancy of these people being allowed to get visas into Australia, on top of that, we had a situation in New Zealand where the employment conditions were exposed. The, the owner of the business was, in fact, screwing these kids. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations again, Margaret. That's a stupendous effort for you and your team. Perhaps we'll pivot back, Edie, to the Edward Said Memorial Lecture. This is the 16th yes, year? Yes, 2020 will be the, the 16th year. Um, our first one was in um, 2005. And we should just make a quick note as to why, why you're commemorating Edward Said and then tell us who you awarded it right. to this year. The lecture honours and celebrates the life and achievements of um, the late Edward Said. He's an American-Palestinian, born in Palestine, grew up in Egypt, um, and he's one of the best known and most influential scholars of his um, time. Uh, anyone who went to university or any good reader would know about his book, Orientalism. Um, Said taught, at the English and, uh, taught English and comparative lit literature at the uh, Columbia University in um, New York. He was passionate about uh, Palestine and was a highly visible and articulate advocate of the Palestinian cause. And for him, you know, when you ask why, 
For him, it was because it was a just cause, a noble ideal, a moral quest for equality and human rights. FOPA has this on its... Um, it's a bit of a mantra that we use on our website because it encompasses all that we're about and it certainly encompasses what Saeed was about. Um, look, in, in relation to that, AFOPA recognised very early on the importance of bringing key speakers to this um, Adelaide event and indeed to Australia, really, because um, after the Adelaide lecture, speakers presented in Melbourne, Canberra and or Sydney um, and gave interviews variously on radio and TV. Um, and a lot of work be went be behind that, getting that um, organised, not only getting them out from um, wherever they were in the world or are in the world, um, but uh, also coordinating. That also came out of a FOPA. We coordinated all of their ongoing lectures and, and, and interviews and, and talks. I mean, we had people like Philip Adams, would interview quite often. Our own Peter Gers here in Adelaide would, because he's uh, very strongly committed to the Palestinian cause as well, but gets a bit of stick from the ABC because it's not a very comfortable subject. Um, but also for the first few years or several years, the Adelaide University partnered with AFOPA in hosting this. So um, while we still use some of their um, uh, venues to hold it, hold the lecture, they haven't been formally partnered for some years, um, which I find interesting, but I won't go into that. I sometimes think some pressures are, well, we know that pressure is put on all sorts of organisations that seemingly support Palestine. Yeah. It appalls me a little bit because university is about seeking the truth, um, listening to all sides and so on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't know the background. It's, I, I just see it's, it's quite sad, really, if, if there is anything like that behind it. And look, the, um, Dr. Bassam Dali, um, who was one of the founding members of AFOPA, he's no longer an executive as of this year, but um, he's been on it for some 15 years now, and he worked tirelessly to bring um, EDSML to Adelaide. And, and also to uh, bring a, a very esteemed array of international speakers to the lecture series. Um, and I'll run through some of them. And look, many of them you will know, or anyone will know. Um, these included um, Robert Fisk. He was the inaugural speaker in 2005. He was then the Middle East correspondent for the UK paper, The Independent. Um, and he's regarded as one of the world's foremost international journalists. Um, he spoke on terrorism, occupation, human and, and human rights, but focused. That would have been brilliant. That would have Look, really we been had brilliant. To, um, we had to change venues, completely sold out. We had to go for a larger venue and people were still lined up outside. Um, you'd know his reputation. But he, he's lived now in Lebanon for o over 40 years. Um, and he brought an incredible depth of knowledge and understanding to the topic. In 2006, the next one, Tanya Reinhardt, spoke. Unfortunately, she died tragically a year later. But she's an, in, an Israeli professor of linguistic and media in the Tel Aviv University, or she was. Um, and um, she turned to political writing after um, the Oslo agreements in 1994. And she, she viewed these... Um, agreements as, quote, a painful deception of the Palestinian people 
and the implementation of a sophisticated Israeli apartheid regime. Now that's something for someone who's an Israeli herself, who, who spoke um, often and strongly against um, Israeli government policies um, against uh, the Palestinians and the occupation. And many years. She called it apartheid many years. Exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. It was one of the first times I'd heard the reference to it as well. I mean, her, her talk reflected also, it was called, I think, The Memory of Edward Said, and it provided insight into his, you know, Edward's um, intellectual work and thoughts on, on Palestine, but also she very successfully or succinctly outlined the history of, and trajectory of the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Um, I should add, too, for your listeners, the papers of all the ESML speakers are accessible on the AFOPA website. So I won't go through all of them in detail, obviously, but other speakers included um, notaries like Dr. Sarah Roy. She's a senior research scholar at the Center for Middle Eastern Studies and at the Harvard, Harvard University. Um, she's also an author and a political economist. Um, Noam Chomsky, do I need to say more? Um, many will know no. him. Look, Chomsky still, he must be in his 80s, but he still now speaks out against the injustices perpetrated on the Palestinian people. Um, he presented in 2011, and when he was also awarded the Sydney Peace Prize in, um, um, in Sydney. Um, and of course, everyone knows he's a linguist, a philosopher, human rights activist, and, um, and, 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 and continues to do, be so now. He's another one who, you know, he just packed, we were packed to the rafters with him. Um, Dr. Ilan Pape, he's an um, Israeli historian, an author, an activist. He was described by John Pilger, who also spoke um, several years later, but he described Pape as uh, Israel's bravest, most principled and most uh, incisive historian. I mean, you, you can imagine when these people speak out in Israel about their own government policies of oppression, um, how, you know, sometimes they, they put their own lives at risk um, by reporting these things. Elad Pape needed his own exactly. security for a while because yep. the threats were getting that high. I mean, we should, we should just uh, put a bookmark at that, Edie, because the reality is between Sarah, uh, Noam mm. and Ilan and... And Fisk. Mm. You know, you've, you've... There's serious work there. Well, uh, let, let, let's put mm. Fisk out for a second. There was... You've had four Jews who've come and presented to the Australian Friends of Palestine Association yep. at the Edward Said Memorial Lecture, each of them at differing levels speaking to the tragedy and the apartheid that exists within Palestine. You've got Ilan Pape, who authored The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine, and it's a seminal book. He went through the uh, Israeli archives and, and details exactly how the whole ethnic cleansing was planned. But my favourite speaker, and they're all, they're all great speakers, um, a, year, a year and a bit ago, I think it is now, everything seems strange with 2020, yes, Noura yes. Arakat. She was 2018, in fact. A Palestinian. Yeah. Now, this year... We've got, you've awarded it Can to I another one. You know, when you talk about the notables for you, the one notable for me also, again, Israeli, Gideon Levy. Oh, yeah. Now, he's oh, yes, an yes. Israeli journalist for Haaretz, 
He frequently writes on the occupation of the Palestinian territories, holds incredibly strong views on Israel's oppression of Palestinians, and he describes himself as a patriotic Israeli. But he also describes the illegal construction of settlements on Palestinian land as the most criminal, quote, the most criminal enterprise in Israeli history. Now, that's pretty strong. And one of the things that stuck with me when he, at the end of his talk a couple of years ago, 2017, he said, look, I don't do this for the Palestinians. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't do this for the Palestinians. I do it for the Israelis, for my people. I want Israel, Israelis to, to live in peace as well. And that really was amazing for me. And the same as you said about Elaine Pape and those others, death threats um, and, you know, you know, death threats against he and his family. They live through this, yet he continues to write and expose Israel's, um, you know, criminal behaviour towards uh, Palestinians. And you can only describe it as um, criminal, in my view. Well, and indefensibly, indefensibly, the mm -hmm. Hasbarists, the Zionists call these principled humans, self-hating yes. self yeah. Jews, you know, they're, they're capos. Yes, no. Who, who had the honour this year? Who did you give the honour to? Now it's Melissa Park. She's not international. She's from Western Australia. She's speaking on... Hold on, hold on. She's yes. from Western Australia. We're on the East Coast here. <laughs> that might as well. Well, international. <laughs> You're right. And on that note, she can't get here anyway because of the lockdowns. Um, so we're doing this by webinar. Fortunately and unfortunately in some ways, but I'll get to that. But um, she's, uh, her topic, uh, if this doesn't get people in, I mean, she promises to be a highly um, thought-provoking speaker. Her topic is the conscious pariah with a very short synopsis, um, quote, how distortions of fact, contortions of logic and assassinations of character are used against critics of Israel while it, Israel, poses as the plucky democracy and eternal victim. That sounds <laughs> incredible. What a title. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. So, um, now, before we do, um, Edie, we're going to have to plug this a few times and we'll, we'll make sure we mention it in the shows ahead. Just clearly and succinctly, when, where and how do we register? You can, of course, um, register on OFOPA, uh, on the OFOPA website. You register, you book, you will be told um, or given information two days before um, on how to um, you know, be invited. Um, uh, so, look, I can only strongly urge you to register through the AFOPA website. That will lead you through all of the steps to get to um, book. And um, I don't know what else I need to say. Uh, if you have any difficulties, please get in touch with AFOPA, our admin officer whose phone number is there we'll put a link oh, in the um in the podcast but just so our listeners know afopa afopa.com.au so australian friends of palestine association.com.au afopa.com.au and it's the 17th of october so you'll be able to go on site there there's a, a very easy to navigate the website click book now and you'll be able to hear melissa park the conscious pariah uh, in the Memorial Lecture. Now, tell us why you chose Melissa. Um, Melissa has actually, she's a lawyer by trade, uh, but she had worked in the UN um, Relief and Works Agency, UNWA, which works with Palestinian refugees. So it ticks all the boxes for us. She worked in Gaza. 
She also served nine years as a federal parliamentarian, uh, as a member for Fremantle, but um, she has retired from um, Parliament. She's currently a member of the UN group of, uh, what are they called, eminent experts, um, and that's mandated by the UN Human Rights um, Committee, Commission, sorry, to investigate violations, um, I think, of international law by parties to the Yemen conflict. So, look, she's worked in Gaza. She's She's been on the ground through her, she, she's had personal and professional experience with what's happening in Palestine and it's recent. And she is, as you can see from her, her topic title, she will have a lot to say about um, Israel and its treatment of Palestinians. And I've heard some of the anecdotal stuff. It's pretty hair-raising. Well, you said she retired as an MP. In fact, she ran last election, but was some subtle language railroaded out yes. of the uh, out of that. And since has lost, launched some legal action, we won't speak to the legal action, but we know that the West Australian and the Herald Sun have both issued apologies and given her um, yes. full apologies and given her opportunity to write op-ed. So she certainly understands this on a first principle Precisely. sense. So don't forget, listen. 17th of October, uh, Edward Said Memorial Lecture. You can go to afopa, A-F-O-P-A dot com dot au. The link will be in the podcast. Thank you so much, Edie. Let's go back to Margaret very quickly, Margaret. 10 years, you're obviously very passionate. I'm going to ask you how you came to Palestine because, you know, we, we, we know what Edward Said about it being a, a noble cause, but it's still a noble ideal. It's, it's still a lot of work, 10 years in a row, getting up, getting people motivated. I mean, it's, it's momentous. How, how have you managed? I mean, just your family, surely they've gone, mum, grandma, what are you doing? Well, uh, they're very supportive. Uh, my husband, Charles, actually took me to my, the first FOPA event, uh, which is when I first became very interested. And I have no background in politics or political activism uh, being on the streets, no background at all. But the Palestinian cause to me is the most important cause in the world. And it's because I see the Palestinians as the front line against a kind of colonial fascism. And I know and I've read that what the Israelis do to the Palestinians today will be done around the world later on. So it's, it's the big one. It's the really crucial fight that I think anyone interested in justice needs to, uh, to work on. Well, you said it in one there, Margaret. The reality is Israel prides itself on exporting know-how, military surveillance, uh, technological surveillance, uh, riot control, but also weaponry. I mean, Albert Systems marketing material says things like battle-tested. And what they mean by battle-tested is we've killed Palestinians yes. with this stuff. It works. You can use it on your own people. Yes. I've got to say, thank you so very much, ladies. It's really been an honour to speak to you both. And congratulations on a remarkable achievement. A, 16 years of Edward Seed Memorial Lecture and some amazing amazing human beings that have come and presented and we're really looking forward to hearing melissa park on the on in october 16th of october and for 10 plus years of stupendous on the ground activism forcing max brenner to close making secret rebrand three times and um and having them register australia because 
being an Israeli company is on the nose. And that, that's what should happen. Until Israel abides by international law, it should be boycotted, divested from and sanctioned. Thank you very much, Nasa. Thank you. Speak again. Thanks, Robert. And Robert. Wow, what a couple of fantastic women out of South Australia. The Australian Friends of Palestine Association. We had Edie Ransbury, who's the current chair, as well as Margaret Kassana, who's heading up the BDS Action Group there. Amazing couple of women, an amazing couple of events. I mean, over 500 BDS actions in a row. That's stupendous. But also the 16th Edward Said Memorial Lecture. So make sure you go onto the AFOPA website. That's afopa.com.au, afopa.com.au, to register for what is sure to be a fantastic and not to be missed event, the 16th Edward Said Memorial Lecture, 17th of October 2020 at 7pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. The award winner, Melissa Park, who's just a superstar, and what could be the world's best title ever for a talk on Palestine-Israel, The Conscious Pariah, How Distortions of Fact, Contortions of Logic, and Assassinations of Character are used against critics of Israel while it poses as the plucky democracy and the eternal victim. This is sure to be one not to miss. Don't forget, 7pm on the 17th of October, go to afopa.com.au, the Australian Friends of Palestine Association.com.au, their website, register for the Edward Said Memorial Lecture. Tell your friends, share the podcast, tune in next week, and remember, there's never been a better time to support Palestine, free Palestine.